Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's in My Head podcast today. I'm joined by the Angelica Pickles, Miss Cheryl Chase, also the author of That's Cool of Tallulah. Miss Cheryl, how are you today? I'm fine, Julian. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy. You're one of the first people that I've had on from the Rugrats, you know, so it was, it's you. And then I don't know if you remember him or if you got to work with him exclusively and I will butcher his last name and I apologize, Joe, Joe and Salabahiri or. And, and, and Solabahir. Yeah. There, there we go. It's such a great guy. We talked Rugrats and we talked recess and we talked a whole bunch of Hey Arnold as well. We talked a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, and you're the second person and the first person from the voice cast. So we need to get you a t-shirt made. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) But thank you for doing this. Right. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Angelica Pickles, right? So not only is she the voice before we get into it, this was a show I could not watch. I was not allowed to watch as a kid. I actually had to sneak around. There was two or three shows that I had to sneak around this one for sure. Rocco's modern life. And uh, in living color, my mom would not let me watch it, you know, five, six years old, understandable and living color. and stuff. But my my mom did not like Angelica at all. She thought she was so mean. Well, you know, um, I that's not news to me because um, through the years, parents, some parents would come up to me and say, you know, I use I I use Angelica as an example of how not to act. And so, and sometimes um, they say that we don't have our children watch. So I know what you say, because she can be a little bossy sometimes. That parents don't want their kids to learn new behavior that might not be as nice as the other kids. I mean, I guess so. But when I look at a character and when I was younger and what I do now when I watch cartoons, and we'll get to some of that when we start asking the fan questions, because there's one specifically that I've never heard in my life up until I posted the question, hey, I'm talking to Angelica, what would you like to ask her? And within a matter of two hours, I heard it on four or five different occasions. The same question was some kind of variation. But we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Okay. When I watched Angelica and when I watched Rugrats, Chucky, being a redheaded fellow myself, Chucky was always my guy. Um, Uh And I'm so sad that she is no longer here, Miss Cavanaugh. She is no longer here to voice Chucky. And I can only imagine how close you guys might have been because you guys worked for so many years together. Um, but I looked at Angelica different because, yes, she might have been bossy. Yes, she might have been you know, rude at times. But what kid isn't? When you really sit there and look at a kid, kid's not great. I've got one kid. He's 11-year-old. Uh-huh. I, can, I can tolerate him sometimes. Most of the time, it's just like, I'm, go, go talk to your mother. And we, yeah. have a, we have our second child, 11-year difference on the oh. way. Yes. So I'm, I'm looking very- Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but I always looked at Angelica as a protector, not really something that was bossy because if somebody came into her territory, she was the protector 
of the little babies. Nobody was going to boss these babies around like Angelica. Exactly. Yeah, she she is. I mean, she, you know, I mean, she maybe she might come off as a little abrasive with the babies, but deep and down, she does love them. And she just has her way of dealing with things sometimes. And sometimes she loses patience with the babies or if she wants something, she knows not how to manipulate them. But because, you know, they let her be manipulated by them, by her, she loves them. So um, in essence, too, they're one big happy family, though, when 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 push comes to shove, they love each other. Oh, 100%. And that's what family really is at the end of the day. No moment 100% of the time is perfect, no matter with your husband and wife, wife and husband, yeah. kid and child. Everything is gray area, right? So that's yeah. what I loved so much about the Rugrats. And like I said, when I was a young kid, I looked at it, it was just like, oh, it's cartoons, it's entertaining, there's flashy colors. I'm being entertained. There's kids like yeah. me that think about the same stuff. And when you get to an adult, you start seeing the characters for who they are, Tommy being the leader, you know, uh, Chucky being just that ever faithful sidekick, right? The dynamic duo. And then mm -hmm. you had, what most people would say Angelica is the antagonist, I guess. I mean, I, yeah, she's the antagonist. Yeah. yeah. You know, so everybody had their role to fill. And you guys did such a phenomenal job with this cartoon. I've went oh, back thank and you. rewatched some, you don't even have to say this is such a fantastic show, um, oh. but it was, it was so far ahead of its time. And before we get a little bit deeper into Rugrats, I want to know, you know, what was that initial spark? For me, I, I just, I loved cartoons, but for you, you made it a career. You, you chose to sort it out. You wanted to be a voice actress. And maybe there was something else that you were trying to do, but you ended up being a voice actress. You know, was there, how did you look at cartoons, I guess is what I'm getting at, to really get you into the industry you're in now? How did I look at cartoons? Well, I mean, um, I... I, I wanted to be an actress. I love to make people laugh. But when I was younger, I was always trying to imitate other voices. Like, I know this probably will date me, but when I was little, I used to watch the Carol Burnett show. And I loved all the skits that they would do on there and the mama and the Eunice. And, and, and so I, I would, and then I would create my own voices. And me having that desire to want to go into acting um, and commercial work, that didn't really come my way. I didn't really um, luck into it, but I lucked into voiceover. I, 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 you know, tried to, while I was trying to pursue acting, I, I had, a, I got a demo. I, I took classes because you have to take, you have to take classes to know what you're doing. And so I got a demo together. And as I was trying to get into on camera, I, you know, was trying to get into voiceover and, and voiceover is what really kind of, you know, welcomed me into the fold, so to speak. I, I, that's where, I guess that was my destiny. I guess I mean, that's where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> you're crushing it. I mean, obviously, you know, they're bringing Rugrats back and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. I mean, uh -huh. was it, when you first started doing voice acting, was it something that you took to really easily or was it like, oh shit, I got to try so hard because you just felt like you were a little bit behind. How, how was that mindset for you going into voice acting? Well, I, I mean, I went on a lot of, this is back in the eighties, you know, I went on a lot of auditions and I remember in the beginning, it was kind of hard for me. I mean, cause I was just learning, mm -hmm. um, you know, where you have to, you're in the booth and you have your script and you're in front of this microphone and then behind the wall, the glass wall, there's the director and then the, the producers or the ad people, whoever it's going to be. And you have to perform, you have to be they're They're all looking at you and they're wanting a, the good performance out of you. And sometimes you get nervous if you're a newbie at it. Um, but I find that the more you do it, the more 
savvy you become and you know the more you do you know just the more you do it the more confident you know you, you are so now it's like nothing for me it's like that's my terrain you know whereas you know doing like i still want to do on camera eventually when i have the time because i'm so busy right now but um i remember back um this was when they were doing rugrats in paris oh yes yeah um at that time one of the stars in the movie was um susan sarandon mm -hmm. and she it was her first time doing an animated feature and she was she didn't she felt she wanted me right there with her to to bounce off the performance with her mm -hmm. so they so paramount flew me across the country for one night i spent the night in manhattan one night and i was working with her in the studio you know acting you know to do the acting performance and her she had her french coach on the set with her and it was quite an amazing experience and you would think she's such a seasoned actress when you go into a new domain like that which is you know you're in, in voiceover mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like foreign to her she's used to being on camera yeah. so you know even a seasoned actress can get a little intimidated by a new environment so um so that was uh, that was a really huge um, honor for me to be able to because they already recorded Paramount already recorded my lines already. So I was done with the movie. Yeah. And when we record, we do it separately. We don't act with the other voice actors. So I was alone in the booth with the director when I did my lines. But Susan Sarandon was was separate. So I flew out there and I worked with her. So yeah, that was a great experience. Now, I've, I've talked to a few voice actresses and voice actors, and it's always a different answer because everybody has their different way of doing their job, right? Some people like it. And, and today's day and age where there's so much digital, especially where a lot of us are forced to be home now because of COVID, um, you, you see a lot of people that have at-home studios. I mean, this is... I mean, I'm not a professional. I, I just started this back in October, you know, and I've had... It looks great from what I see. Oh, my wife, if you if you would hear my wife, she comes in here, she rolls her eyes, <laughs> right? I've said it numerous times. She'll come in here and she's like, oh man, I was like, look at all this stuff. It's cool, right? She's like, no, it's pretty much a sickness. You're all, you're a pack rat. <laughs> oh no, I think it's <laughs> awesome. But like, all this stuff, yeah, all this stuff makes me feel like a kid again. It makes me feel fun because when I just, yeah. I just look around before I talk to the people, I get back in that mindset of like, oh man, this is what it felt like to be a kid. This is what it felt like when I would hit the teeth. Back in the day, ladies and gentlemen, you had a remote. And before then you had to get up and turn. As a kid, I had to be the little, uh, I had to be the remote back in the day with my granny, my grandpa. You just turn it on, you flip to the guide, and then you'd see what was on. Oh shit, Rugrats is on. So we're going to watch Rugrats. But, you know, going back to my original point was in today's day and age where everybody's forced to be home and you guys are doing everything separate. Now, when I had Billy on and I had Rob on, they liked feeding off of the other actors and actresses. Are you the same sense you love having, like playing in the sandbox with people or do you like it better when you're by yourself and you can just do what you need to do and go home? You know what, I like both ways. I mean, it's awesome when you can get the opportunity to work with another actor and you wait for the, and they deliver the line and then you see how that line affects you and then you did therefore deliver your performance back to them. It's very organic and I love that. But um, in voiceover with people's schedules, you don't get that opportunity a lot of the times. And so us girls, we just are given, you know, a certain amount of time block for just our lines. 
And then, the, you know, I, I'm usually from 11 to one and then they break for lunch and then maybe they'll have EG or Cass in in the afternoon from two to four, however that works. Um, but I, I'm used to working. Charlie Adler is our voice director and he's phenomenal. He is amazing. If you can ever get him on your show. Well, I've been um, trying. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. And so, uh, he, he, I work with him. I'm used to working with him now. So, yeah. I mean, that's a, if you want to talk, there's, and don't take this the wrong way. It's just, when I, when I think about voice actors and actresses, there's three that come to the top of the, you know, top of the heap, just for me, because in every, obviously you can see I'm a huge Ninja Turtle fan back here. Oh yeah. Um, so Rob has always been, Rob Paulson, ladies and gentlemen, for those that don't know, um, Rob Paulson has always had just a special place in my heart. Every time I turned around, I hear his voice with cartoons and it's funny, you know, ever since everybody started putting these apps up and all of these cartoons because Rugrats is on Paramount Plus and then you've yep. got stuff like Dexter's Lab that's on um, HBO Go and like so all of these apps so me and my son will just sit here and we'll watch stuff and then he'll look at me he's like dad is is that Rob Rob Paulson I was like yeah and then he looks at me he's like does he ever sleep and I was like what do you mean he was like he's in every single cartoon you watch and I was like well I mean that's what he does that's this is his yeah. job that's like like dad yeah. you're, like me to him, I cook for a living. So, you know, yeah. I just, I do all that stuff. So it's, it's the same thing with him. It's like, yeah, we sleep, but you know, it, it's on to the next job, on to the next gig. You've got to keep going. And it's just with him, he's had just an illustrious career as I butcher the English language that it's uh -huh. just, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's so fantastic because there's nothing quicker that'll snap you back into being a kid or back to when you, you remembered the first time you ever saw this than yeah. hearing a voice like Angelica Pickles or Dill. Uh -huh or Tommy or insert name here, right? Mm -hmm. So I am, I've just been so enamored by what you guys can do with this section and you guys' diaphragm. You guys will just talk normal, you know, and then you can switch into it. It's like putting on shoes and putting on socks. And then yeah. I can't imagine the joy that you guys feel whenever you just do something like a voice for a character. And then you see somebody like me, light up, smile. They just, they, they get transported back in time. I can only imagine how that feels for you. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, and like nowadays, you know, um, well, before the pandemic, I would be out about and doing my life and like, um, and I would meet, I would meet grown up mm -hmm. um, Rugrat fans. And they would, so many of them would come up to me and say, Oh, you are my childhood. I'm, I mean, I'm so honored to meet you. And, and, you know, and some of them would get emotional and they would like swell up with tears. And yeah. it's like the it's it's amazing the impact one cartoon can have on a child. Yeah. And so that's why it really I don't know, it just gives me a lot of um, joy and I feel a lot of um, humility of of how how I'm a part of something that affects another person's life so much. And it. And it, it goes with them throughout their lives. I mean, that's the exciting thing with this new Rugrats reboot is all the parents that grew up with Rugrats can now share it with their kids. And that's going to be a whole other level of enjoyment for, and we'll, you know, so it's going to be, it's very exciting. So how does it feel? Because you're going to have an entire generation that's brand new to the show that's probably never watched this show, right? So you've got the next generation coming in, right? Yeah. And all of us that are, that are, that were, you know, fans of this show that weren't allowed to watch this show. We had to sneak around and watch this show. Now you've got people like me, like, nah, come here, kid. We're going to watch <laughs> this show. We're not, and don't worry about Angelica being bossy. Don't worry about her being mean. Don't worry about any of that. We're just going to sit down and watch this. It's going to, it's going to feel rewarding because now you're like, 
damn it, it's my time. I made it. I'm not going to have any parent. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some parents out there that are just ridiculously just, you know, for no, you know, rude sake, whatever. They won't yeah. let them watch because Angelica's is boss. But there's going to be, yeah. I think, a greater, you know, mass of population. They're going to be like, nah, we're going to watch this. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a good time. So you might have gotten some hate mail back in the day, but I got to imagine that it's going to kind of equal out and you're going to get a lot more fan and love mail than you would like, oh man, they just, Angelica's so mean, right? So I yeah, hope- we get more love than than the haters. But I did notice. Um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to see the new clip from Paramount yes. Plus? Yes, I love I love that clip. And I was reading some of the comments from it on YouTube, and uh, you know, a handful of of uh, kid, uh, well, you know, the fans, they they don't like the the CG. Yeah. But I mean, but, you know, kids nowadays, they're used to that's what they're used to. So that's their childhood. Whereas the fans that are not really responding that well to it, you know, it's not their childhood. So I can see why they it just takes a while to get used to it. I think it's beautiful. I've been doing some ADR, you know, and, um, you know, going back in, in, in post-production and putting the lines back in and I get to see the cartoon and it's just beautiful. I think it's going to be a big success. I think fans will really embrace it. I hope so too, because if there's one, so when I was younger, it was just all about cartoons, right? And then when I hit a certain age, it was just all about basketball, but I still watch cartoons. And then as I got into the Navy, I kind of quit watching cartoons because I was consistently deployed and I couldn't keep up with anything, right? Oh, yeah. So I got out of animation because I figured out, I'm one of those guys that I'll look at something and it's just, if it's not for me, it's not for me. You know, everything out there is not for everybody. You just got to find what works for you. And there was a show, and I don't know if you ever watched it, but it was something on Cartoon Network. It's called Regular Show. It was about a blue jay and a squirrel, right? I remember that show. I have no idea what, what it was about this show, but it hooked me and got me back into watching cartoons. And then it started making me think, why don't I know this name? Why don't I know this name? Why don't I know this name? Why do I know Bugs Bunny? And I vaguely know Mel Blanc, right? Why do I know Donatello and Raphael? And I kind of know who Rob Paulson is, right? And so that's why I set out to do this podcast because I wanted to get to know not only the people that voice these characters that I love so much. I wanted to know what the writers were doing, what the what the animators were doing, what the directors were doing. I want to know how the sausage is made, essentially. And that's why yeah. I started doing this because I think at the end of the day that you guys deserve just as much credit as as the character that everybody everybody loves Angelic. Well, not everybody, as we talked about before. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's some haters out there. You can just look at the YouTube comments, but just yeah. know, ladies and gentlemen, that, that just in case that, that this show does not click for you, this show is going to click for a generation of kids mm-hmm. that yep. probably doesn't click with the 2D animation style that came out in the 90s, right? So right. it's a give-take relationship with cartoons, with movies, with music, with anything, really. And that's yeah. one thing that fans, I've never understood that. Like, if, if, if you love a franchise like the Rugrats right? You've got your 2D animation. That's what you want to stick to. But you've got these kids that are, that are being introduced to something for the first time. Yeah. Something that is similar to something else that they've seen. Mm-hmm. That way they can say, oh, my brain's working. This, this is for me. Dad's got his, mom's got hers. I've got mine now, right? And yeah. that's what I love about animation. Perfect. That's right. I would, couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So, I mean, I love what you guys are doing. I love the animation style. I mean, it's it's refreshing because I think if they were to do the same thing that they did back in the 90s, you'd be like, all right, man, well, I think I've seen this before. And uh, how yeah. do you get more people? How do you get more peepers on this show? 
let's yeah. change something. Let's change the animation. Let's change the art style. We'll keep the voice cast to the best of our abilities with, you know, mm -hmm. a few people, like I said, that they're not no longer here, sadly. Um, but we're going to keep what's what's so great about this, the essence of this show. And that's what I think shines through in the clips that we were just talking about. It feels like the Rugrats, no matter what it looks like. If you close your eyes and you just listen, you hear the names you were just talking about, like the E.G. Dailies. You hear the Cheryl Chases. You hear all of these, these voices that, that, that you were reminded of as a kid. And you're like, all you got to worry about is just a little bit of a different animation. Yeah, and right. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, I think I, as long as they have the real original voice cast, then that really will plug in the the 90s kids yes if they, if they got other care if they got other people to play the parts and don't nail the voice i think you would lose the audience yeah, it's it's you guys' soul it's i've said this numerous times and i get i get comments about it all the time where stop saying the same thing but it, it it's true you guys take a two-dimensional character in this case a three-dimensional character because the the animation is different yeah. But you guys make those two-dimensional characters become real in 3D with you guys is what you guys do, like I said, right here in your diaphragm. You guys put the soul that are into these characters and you guys give these characters heart and meaning and, and, and a reason to transition from scene to scene to scene. And that's that's you guys, right? So as long as we get that, right, I think we'll be fine. But you hit on a point that I wanted to talk about. What was it like? And if it's too sensitive, we won't go into it. But what was it like going into this? with a lot of, not a lot, but a couple of those characters or those, excuse me, those actors and actresses that are no longer here. Was it hard or difficult to, you know, get into flow? I know you guys said you do a lot of the stuff separately, but did it feel, you know, weird not having Miss Cavanaugh with you, you know, just to, I don't really get it, what I'm trying to ask. I mean, it would have been difficult for me if I knew somebody for so long, they're no longer here. And then somebody else was playing that character. Was that difficult to kind of get past a hurdle at all or? Well, I know it's really sad the loss of, of um, Christine. She was she was amazing. Um, I remember uh, in the very beginning we did record together in the very beginning in the early nineties. Yes. And um, one day, I mean, I was not feeling well, and I, I had a spider bite on my back, and the director, I, I wasn't feeling well, and the director would not release me so I could go home. Yeah. And. Um, Christine really came to bat for me and she really pleaded, you know, basically, you know, to let me go home. I'm not feeling well. And she was really sensitive to that fact. And I'll never forget that. She was, she was a very dear, dear, dear lady. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 you know, it's an adjustment, um, not having the, the other cast members, cause it would have been great to share the joy with yeah. them. Um, but it's unfortunate, but you know, it's, it's just a fact of life yeah. that's, you know, so you just have to appreciate the moments that you have had with them. That's a beautiful sentence. And thank you for sharing that. Cause there's a few times where I've had people on here. Um, and I don't, did you ever get to work with James Avery? No. Okay. So, you know, uncle Phil, I ha I've had a lot of the turtle cast, obviously as I'm a turtle oh, fan, um, yeah. and they told, they told a story. Each one of them told a story um and it it's always nice hearing you know stuff about somebody that you looked up to or you know you had such an idea of what they might be and then for her to go to bat for you and say hey no she needs to leave she's not feeling good it's it's refreshing to hear that type of stuff so thank you for sharing that story i really appreciate it oh sure um, but we'll go back to rugrats in just a minute i want to talk more about your book because i'm going to buy this book right and okay, i can't wait, wait for my son to be born oh, yeah. 
June oh yeah 4th. I'm hoping for a July 4th baby I know my wife wants it out way before then um so uh-huh. you know I'm hoping for a 4th of July baby but nonetheless I can't wait to get this book and read it to him but can Aww. you tell more about this book oh yeah here here it is it's that's cool it's Lula. here's my Good. book yay um it's it's a labor of love actually um I chose to self-publish Okay. And that uh, it, when you self-publish, you, you have the control over everything as opposed to waiting to, to get it traditionally published where you where you with a traditional publisher. Sometimes it takes three years for it to come out on on shelves and everything. But um, I was talking to uh, my mom a few years ago and I was attending to her. She wasn't feeling well. She had some health issues and I just and I was there caring for her and I was talking about this the idea of this little girl and her doll and and some adventures that they can go on. And she thought that was such a good idea that I should write a children's book about it and dedicate it to her. And I thought to myself, oh, no, I, I you know, is that a, a sign that she's going to die? And I thought, oh, gosh. But you know what? Unfortunately, she did pass away. But and and she wanted me to dedicate it to her. So that gave me the gumption to actually write the book and not talk about it for years like I was doing it, but to actually write it. And I did dedicate it to her. It's, 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 a, and Stella, uh, there's a little girl in the book, Stella Bella, and actually it's named after my mom. My mom's name was Stella. And so she has this little doll, Tallulah, and they go on these little mischief, they do, they make mischief around the house, mm-hmm. but Stella Bella's conscious leads her to do the right thing she changes the behavior and and they and they um do other things and but um when she has the tea party and she breaks the cookie jar that's when mommy comes in and finds the mess and and that you'll have to find out what happens you'll have to buy you'll have to buy the book to find out what happens but i'm real excited i just got my first review on amazon and i got five stars so I'm real happy about that. So, um, yeah, I'm promoting, I have a book publicist and I'm promoting it around. I have my first TV interview on Thursday, on, on Tuesday with the NBC. So that's going to be exciting. I can't wait. What was the, when you set out to write this, what was the hardest part about writing this book for you? I mean, was it trying to find an illustrator? Was it trying to find the words that were here to get it back on the paper? Or what was the most difficult thing for you? Well, um, actually finding an illustrator was quite easy. Um, who does the illustrations is uh, Julia Iacopini, and she's she's wonderful. She's She also works in animation, and she's an artist. And um, I just saw one of her, her children's books. I just happened to, you know, come onto it, and I thought, wow, that art is fantastic. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to try to contact her and see if she'd be interested. And she was. She happened to be a fan of... Rugrats growing up and she thought, oh, she'd love to work on the show on, on the book. So, um, yeah, so, she, so we had a really good alliance there. And uh, it is when you say difficult, it, it, what writing a children's book, you have to, there's only a certain amount of words that, you know, usually it's from 400 to 600 words. You have to keep it, you know, contained within that, that criterion. And, um, you know, because sometimes when you're trying to tell a story and say everything that you want to say, sometimes, you know, it, it can go longer. But, um, you know, for a children's book, you have to just their attention span is kind of short. Yeah. So you have to keep it. between. You, have, you know, every word matters. Every word 
counts. So you have to keep it between 400 to 600 words. That was the challenge. Now, I'm always fascinated when somebody does something like a book or a TV show or something that from page one to page whatever, they got to fill those pages. So for your process, do you start with an ending and then you work your way backwards or do you start with an overall topic and then you just try to fill in the blanks or how did it go about for you when you were writing this book? Yeah, um, it was an overall, like I would go, I would figure out, I would go on the journey with the characters. You know, what would it, you know, in, in, in this book, it starts out with it's raining outside. And so she's stuck in the house with her doll. How is she going to entertain herself? Okay. And so she starts asking her doll, oh, would you like to go and play in mommy's makeup? Would you like to? Well, actually, Tallulah, the doll is the one that suggests playing in mommy's makeup. And let's you know, let's color on the walls. And the, in this instance, it's the doll that's the bad girl. Because how I initially came up with the concept is I was thinking about Angelica and Cynthia and how the close relationship that that's Angelica had with her doll Cynthia and you know, Angelica was the little bad girl. And I thought, well, how fun it would be if the doll was the bad girl in this instance. And so that's where the idea came from for uh, That's Cool at Tallulah is uh, it's uh, the Tallulah is the little bad girl in the book. Oh, that's beautiful. Would you mind showing the fans one more time what that cover oh. looks like so they can look what to expect? Sure, it's it's there. It's that's cool at Tallulah. Can you I see love it? Her. Oh yeah, I love her animation style. Her art is beautiful. Oh, she so. is here. Let me show you. Let me see if you can. I'll show you one other. If you can see, can you see? Yes, we can. I love it. Yeah, she's great. She's awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, oh, thank you. Thank you. To segue back to the Rugrats, man, one yes. question that came up, and we're getting towards that point where I'll start asking questions from the fans, but this is always one I really, really like working on, or really like asking, excuse me. Um, one of them was, do you have a favorite episode from this show? Um, and if you do, you know, is there one that you like that has specifically dealing with Angelica? And do you have one that might have been, you know, the focus of another character that you really, really enjoyed? Um, um, can you ask me that again, Julian? Oh. Yeah, like, so I can, yeah, ask me, ask me that again, because there's so many scenes to pick from, so you know? As far as episodes go, is there an episode that 100% dealt with Angelica that you absolutely loved? And was there another episode that you loved that didn't have to deal with Angelica? That might have been like a Chucky episode or a Tommy episode that you just really, you know, get not the giggles, but you just really enjoyed seeing. Well, the first, um, the first episode, I mean, well, one of the episodes that I loved Angelica going through is um, Angelica breaks a leg and where she's home, well, she's over Tommy's house and Tommy's sleeping and grandpa is sleeping and she's bored. And so she sees on TV, um, this woman who has a broken leg and is being catered to. And so she thought, hey, that's a fun thing to do. So she pretends that her leg is broken and she's stuck in bed and, un and um, Uncle Stu gives her a little uh, buzzer. And whenever she wants things, she should just buzz and then they'll come and go wait on her hands and foot. Yeah. And so she's asking for, you know, oh, could you open up the window? Oh, can you, you know, bring up the TV? I want to watch TV. And the TV is downstairs. Mm -hmm. And Uncle Stu has to push the big TV up into the room so she could watch TV. And, and at four o'clock in the morning, she wants um, chocolate pudding. 
So he has to go out in the middle of the night and get her chocolate pudding. And she's driving everybody insane. And, um, you know, in classic Angelica style, you know, and it's, it's really fun to see the grownups have a nervous breakdown over her little antics. And, and, um, and it, as far as, um, you know, uh, something about from one of the other episodes, I, I have to think of the um, the movie, the Rugrats movie, where um, little Dill was born, mm -hmm. and and you know Dee Dee was pregnant, and little Tommy had you know got a new baby brother. I thought that was a very heartwarming moment for the Rugrats. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. Right. There's a couple moments, and by a couple, I mean quite a few moments in this entire series that just they hit you right in the heart and the one yeah. that always comes to mind at least for me chucky was, getting a new mommy is that what, what was that what you were gonna say the mother's day episode oh, um, yeah. where chucky was walking around trying to look for his mother and he had that pic like i i'm trying <laughs> i'm trying not to let it get to me because as a young kid dad wasn't in the picture I uh, went to prison when I was real young. So, you know, you go to the park and you always ask that question like, man, you know, Billy's dad's playing with him. Why isn't my dad playing with me? And right. it was one of those days where I had, you know, just really needed like, you know, a dad, right? Just to talk right. to, you know, yeah. and just happened to flip on the TV on Nickelodeon channel 34 uh, in my hometown. <laughs> um, and I see this episode. And I think this is like the first time I ever really remember crying at like a cartoon. And, yeah. and I think that was probably one of the first anything, I guess, that I could really look at and like, man, this is this is so much deeper than just ha-has and laughs or, you know, just it was it it felt different. It felt weird. Like it touched me at an emotional time. And, you know, whenever whenever I feel down or I feel out, like I'll, I'll revisit that episode and I really want a good cry. I'll just go back and I'll put this one on. That would that one always stuck out to me. But I, I loved the one where Angelica got a buzzer because it was just so obnoxious. Just like you said, Stu pushing it up, just going out and getting the chocolate pudding. And just like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fantastic. It, it's like a little it's just. It's what cartoons should be. It's supposed to be pushing the boundaries of what's real and what's not real and limitless and limits and all this other stuff. It's just fun, you know? Yeah, and yeah, and it just shows you how great the writing can be, how they can, the writers can reach the jokes on an adult level and then the jokes on the children's, on the child's level. So they both understand what's what's going on. And and um, and a lot, and the writers, when they would, in the beginning, you know, they would um, they get in the writer's room and all of them had young kids at the time. And so they would just bring up different experiences that they that they really had with their kids and they would put it in the show. And that's why I guess it's so relatable to parents when they're when they're watching with with their kids, because they relate with what the adults are going through. Yeah. And, it, and it's just true to true to life. You know, it's just, you know, you're writing about truth. And, and emotion and that's what grabs you yep i mean like i said when you can when you can elicit a feeling whether it's good bad or indifferent you got my money regardless if the movie or the show is just horrible but if you can get me to feel something right yeah. like oh man that it doesn't feel like this is fake all this stuff is fake that's going on the tv right now like why do i feel this way like you've got my attention and, and it's very few and far between when it comes to movies and tv shows that you you kind of get that feeling so like i said it's very refreshing to go back i mean this show's been out for almost what 30 years now at this point yeah so this august is going to be 30 years 
I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it stood the test of time. You go back and watch this stuff. There's not very many shows that you can go back 10 years ago, let alone 30 years ago yeah, and right. watch it. And it still has sustenance to it. It still mm-hmm. has that it fact. It's got that magic to it. Right. And Rugrats was Nickelodeon's, I think, first hit. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's it put it on the map. I mean, it has yeah. heart. It has it. That's why it stays with you. Yeah. There's a lot of laughs and funny but they have the heart along with it. And if you don't have the heart, it, you, you know, you kind of lose it. You kind of, but the, it sticks with you. The, the experiences of the characters, they, it sticks with you because of the, of the heart element. Now, now, this is a question that I was, I was always fascinated to hear from whenever I talked to anybody that worked on shows. Cause there were some people, when I asked this question, like, oh man, I don't, I don't watch the show. I don't watch the stuff. I don't like hearing my voice because I do it all the time. I was like, I don't want to hear my voice again on TV because he's like, I always feel pretentious. And I, I never understood that. But then I realized whenever I cook for people, with the exception of tasting it before it goes out, like, so if I have people over and I cook for them and stuff, I'm tasting as I go because I want to make sure whatever I give somebody is perfect or as right. close to perfect as possible because I don't ever want anybody to have a bad meal, a bad experience. Yeah. So, but when everybody. Yes, but when everybody starts eating and sitting around, I'm generally not eating. I don't want to eat the same food that I've been sitting here smelling and cooking. But I <laughs> yeah. never understood that until I was sitting down a couple of weeks ago. I had some people over. I fed them some food. And they're like, why don't you eat? And I'm like, I don't want to eat what, I, what I've been cooking all day. I've been tasting as I go to make sure it's right. And I started like, oh, shit, this is what they were talking about. They don't want to hear themselves talk. But yeah. I always like to ask this question because it's different from everybody I talk to. Did you watch the Rugrats when it was coming out or was it something you kind of binged later or you just watched it here and there? You check in and check out. No, I watched it as it was going on. I, I did watch it and I it was kind of like, I don't know the feeling. It was kind of incredible. I, I, I don't know the right feeling to say, but it was you know, I knew I was a part of something special. But when you when when you're saying about like you don't like to eat the food that you were cooking all day, and I can I can relate with that because I myself I don't like to hear my real voice sometimes. Like like years ago, I used to not like to hear my voice on a tape recorder because I felt I I just I I don't know it felt so I don't know. Were you looking for the Were you looking for the things that weren't there? Because I do the same thing with food. I'm like oh, this was so great. I'm like, I need more salt. It needed more acid. It needed more fat. Are you the same way? Like, yeah, I should have yeah. been higher or lower. Is it, is it that, that why? Or? It's like, I, re- I, I always said to myself, I really wish I can sound like a nice woman, like a nice lady. Like it, my voice has so much character to it and it's, a, it's a unique voice. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's um, like, that's why I don't really like for commercial work. I, I, my voice is not meant for like, like uh you know an announcer type voice it's it's not um it, because it's too quirky it's it's just a quirky high sound and it's my natural thing and as i grew to accept that um you know i felt better about it but i i hear what you're saying that you don't really i, I didn't really like hearing my voice myself um growing up because it's okay because so- i don't like my voice now it's very annoying i hit these like it like I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet because I'll, I'll talk and I'll, and I'll know I'm, I've, I've talked enough or I've talked too much because my voice will crack something like that. Right. That's what it'll sound like. And I'm like, gosh, I got to make a little joke. Oh, I just hit puberty. Right. Or oh, <laughs> coming in. So I gotta, I gotta sit there and, you know, kind of take the way. So I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. but speaking of voices, um, not in the head, the ones that come out of your mouth, when you were coming up with Angelica, right. 
what was some of the feedback? Was it a voice that you just had in your head right away and they took to it? Or is it something you kind of had to play around with? How did you come up with the voice of Angelica? Oh, well, when I went to the audition, um, it said um, a little three-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, okay, um, how would um, I sound as a three-year-old? And because at that time I was doing a lot of baby work for the movies, there was, um, I don't know if you know the movie um, um, Baby Boom with Diane Keaton, if that I, rings I, the bell. I have, I have not, no. Okay, well, like some of the movies back in the 80s had babies in them, and I would always do the the voice, you know, you know, I do the baby sounds for them. And how you do that is you constrict your vocal cords really tight, and the tighter you restrict them, the, 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 um, you know, the the younger you will sound. And so with Angelica, I said, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just sound like this. I'll just squeeze my vocal cords really high. And then here is Angelica, you dumb babies. (laughs) So I'm just constricting my vocal cords. Now, with something like that, it's it's always like everybody has their different things. And I I see you're drinking. So it's, you gotta, you gotta be lubricated down there. Yes. What is it like when you go in? Because I've heard so many different voices from all the characters that everybody's playing. And it goes from super high like you just did. And I've heard some really, 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 really low ones, excuse me, um, really low ones. So after a set for you, I mean, do you have a, uh, uh, what is it called? I guess a procedure, like you get a drink, just slam some honey, water, tea. I mean, what is it for you? Because I got to imagine that that's some stress on your vocal cords and on your throat. I'm pretty sure you're kind of hurting by the end of the day by doing just so many hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I would do um, it, it, it sometimes in an, to do an angelical performance is so draining sometimes because she's very, she's very animated and she's very, um, she screams a lot or she's, she's very vocal and she's all over the place. And when you do a performance, you know, you're just, you're not sitting there reading the script, you're actually acting it out. So you're, your body's in full mo- movement yeah. and, and, you know, and her voice, Angelica is placed in my head. And so when I'm reading the script, I'm feeling the vibration in my head. And at the end, at the end of the, at the end of the work day, oh my gosh, I need a nap and I need a popsicle, <laughs> you know, to, to help thing help me get through the day. But, but it's a blessing. I love doing it. What's your go-to flavor of popsicle? I bet you've never been asked that question, have you? <laughs> I've never been asked that question. I like grape and I like lime. Those are my favorites. Mine too. I am a huge grape fan. Everybody's Me like, too. oh, it just tastes like cough syrup. I'm like, no, no, no. It tastes like good cough syrup, not the yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tastes- I, I, love, love I love grape. grape. I love grape too. <laughs> so uh, one more time. Can you show us the book one more time? And then we'll get into the fans question. But I want to see this and we'll, we'll ask you to show it again. That's the book, ladies and gentlemen. When is it available? again it's available it's available now but it launches actually on tuesday and it has soft cover hardcover and an ebook and um um it's you can get it on amazon and you can go to my website cherylchasebooks.com and you can find out more information about the book and about me and where to buy the book so yeah here it is cherylchasebooks.com get it there and so this is always my favorite, not not really my favorite part, because everybody else gets to ask you questions and not me, because you got to have some kind of uh, ego, I guess, when you're doing all this stuff, because you're like, ah, oh, I want to be able to ask you these questions. But sometimes my brain doesn't work like that. And I ask the same questions, but sometimes they're different. So I always like to reach out to the guests and go out there and say, hey, man, 
you guys could ask, what would you ask? Some of them we won't get to because they're mean. You guys are assholes for one. But two, <laughs> some of these are really, really good. Um, so Javier, I can't pronounce the last name, so I'm sorry, Javier. You're on Reddit, so I know you'll know who you are. Um, do you feel that Angelica changed through the years? Some reviews say that Angelica was more of a sociopath at the beginning than ending up being like an annoying girl, but with a good heart at the end. I'd like to know what a primary source might say. So do you feel like she's changed or was she consistent with her, with her uh, evolution? Well, what I noticed, I mean, yeah, I, she was really, really mean in the very, very beginning, but you know, a show needs an antagonist, you know, they, they, yeah. they need that to stir up trouble. Um, but um, she, she back, I noticed like she, like these days, um, she doesn't say like you little bald idiot, or she would, she would call in back then she was a little bit more acerbic. Um, I remember this, I remember this one where she's sitting in her, her, um, chair in the back of the car, in the car seat, and she has Cynthia and she says, Cynthia, you're, you need a nap. So take a nap. And she throws the doll on the floor and she's like beating on the doll. You need a nap. So, uh, Angelica doesn't do that these days. She's a little bit more civil. It's, it's for sure a different time and age where you could get away with a lot more stuff and you didn't have to worry about a fictitious character being canceled. So exactly. Uh, it's, yes. It's definitely a different day and age. Um, yeah. So we answered two of this guy's questions. No hot shot from Reddit wants to know genuine thoughts on the spinoff series, all grown up and the upcoming reboot. Um, I don't really know what he's asking. Obviously you're all for it because it's, it's more work and you get to revisit a character that really, you know, got us talking. We're talking about Angelica now, but I mean, what was the initial thought, I guess, is what he's asking for all grown up. Were you for it? Or were you like, ah, man, I don't know. But what was your thought? Oh, um, oh, you mean for when they did all grown up way back in the day? Yeah. I think when they were teenagers or in high school at that point. I yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, of course, I was all for it, um, but they did do, before All Grown Up, they were going to do a preschool show with Susie and Angelica going to preschool called Preschool Days, mm -hmm. and we did four episodes of that. They had nine, they had 13 episodes mapped out, but we only did four, and then, you know, it was canceled and, and they because they wanted to do All Grown Up instead. Yeah. So um, I was kind of a little like, oh, I wish, really wish they would have finished the, the preschool day show before they went to the all grown up. So, uh, but hey, I was happy to get the work. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, you got to really go with what you got, man. If they're offering this and they're not offering that, you kind of got to go with what they're offering. But however, yeah. hopefully with that being said and you talking about it, hopefully we get to see the preschool days of Susie and Angelica. Maybe that'll come around because everything's getting a reboot and to an extent. Everything I know a remake, so it might be in, in in the works right now, and you just don't know about it. Michelle. And you don't know. You you don't know what they're thinking. So we just have to see. Go and enjoy the journey. So this one I'm going to ask, but I'm going to use an example for it. This is the question I prefaced before we had our uh, before we had our little talk and I hit record. Um, okay. This one is weird, and I really want to get to fan theories, I guess, right? So when I watch a cartoon, I watch a cartoon, I don't really look at anything existential. I don't look at, oh, this means this. I'm just looking to have fun, not have to think about mortgage, water, 
am I doing the right job? Am I, you know, am I, do I just want to escape, right? When I watch cartoons. Exactly. Yeah. However, what I've learned since I posted a picture of an Angelica in you and saying, what would you ask Angelica and Miss Cheryl? This one came up four times. I've never heard it in my 32 years of life. 31 years, because it'll be 32 in August. My oh, 31 my. years of life, I've never been asked this question or I've never even thought about it. However, there is a fan theory out there that says all of these babies do not exist with the exception of Angelica. All of these babies are in Angelica's head because of some crazy accident. I don't want to get into it because it'll be something I'm going to have to cut out. But to use an example, um, you, I'm, I'm sure you know, you know who Batman is, right? Oh, yes. So there's a fan theory out there that Batman does not exist. The Joker does not exist. The Riddler does not exist. Mr. Freeze does not exist. All of these these villains do not exist, that Batman is in Arkham Asylum, which is where they put all of these bad guys. And all of these bad guys are in Batman, Bruce Wayne's head. And he is, I think it's called dissociative identity disorder. So what it used to be um, multiple, multiple personalities, it's DID now. Um, have you ever heard that fan theory that all of these things are in Angelica's head because of some kind of freak accident and anything like that? Have you ever heard that in your entire career? voicing Angelica? Uh, you know, no, no, this is the first time I'm hearing this type of question and I have never, I've never, I don't know how to answer that, but it's not true. It's oh, these 100%. little babies, they really do exist. Yes. Um, they're not a figment of her imagination or anything of that nature. Um, I do have to say regarding Batman that I had the pleasure of working with Adam West. He was the first celebrity that I worked with recording the Rugrats. He played a part on uh, on the show. Oh, I wonder. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I forget right now what he did, but it, I, I was actually, you know, working with him, and I I was in awe because I I was a Batman fan when I was little. Yeah. So that, so yeah. Was that the first time you were ever starstruck by working with somebody? Um. Let's see. Um. And what a great way to be starstruck because he is a handsome man and a. Funny, ladies and gentlemen, he just doesn't know. It's just not Batman. This man had a amazing career, fantastic voice actor and actor, great looking dude too. And it was just so sad he's not here anymore because that would have been one fantastic person to have on this show. Was oh, that the yeah. first time you were ever starstruck, or when was the last time you were starstruck? I guess. Oh, I, I, I wish <laughs> I had an answer. I don't have an answer for that. I'm so sorry. Oh no, I, it's perfectly fine. I, I work with a lot of celebrities. Mm -hmm. um, um, I, I noticed that, that, um, I, I guess, you know what, I was a little starstruck. It was at the premiere of Rugrats in Paris and the, the premiere party, they invite Paramount invited all these celebrities to bring their kids and Eric, Eric Idol, uh, from, um, you know, do you know Eric Idol from, um, oh shoot. It's okay. Huh? Um, I'll Google it. Yeah, Google it really fast, and maybe you could edit this out. <laughs> oh no, we got to leave this in, Miss Cheryl. But I, <laughs> but no, he was. Uh, I got him pulled up. He's an English actor. He's from South Shields. Uh, Monty Python. Monty Python. Yes, I used to watch that in high school. Anyway, he was there. He was a fan, and he was loving, loving the show and loving Angelica. Um, but another, uh, another. Um, um, I was at the party, and um, Alec Baldwin came up oh. to me. And he said, are you 
Cheryl Chase, are you, um, you know, and you do Angelica, right? And I go, yes, I do, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and he said, he said, don't go anywhere. Just stay right here. I'm going to get my daughter. And he ran away and brought his daughter. And we were talking there for a little while. And I was like, like, oh, my goodness, Alec Baldwin knows who I am. You know, it was like really exciting. So uh, and then another an a thing at the same party, sure. Uh, um, uh, what now again i'm so i forgot her name Sh Sh sherry lansing from she was the president of paramount pictures at that time and so she also came up to me and she said you're cheryl chase aren't you oh i've been dying to meet you and and so she took me and she introduced me to all her casting people and all these other producers and that's like that was like a major thing for me because i always admired her because here she's the president of paramount studios and she's, you know, she's giving me the time of day. So those are some times that I was starstruck, yes. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's always crazy because anytime I meet somebody, physically meet them in person, and I can, <laughs> I can say on one occasion specifically, and it was a very, very quick meet and greet type of thing at uh, Comic-Con a few years back. Um, I'm a huge, even though I don't have anything up here with him, actually, he's over there. Um, I am a huge Back to the Future fan. Oh. Um, and I got to meet, and it was just a passing, hello, take a picture, thank you for everything you've done. It was one of those things, because they say, hey, man, it's going to be quick and out, you know, don't talk to them, don't try to touch them or anything like that, which I'm completely cool with, because nobody wants to be touched that they don't know. Exactly. But I also want to make sure that, especially since I've gotten older, and like I said, I've had friends come and go, you know, so I always want to make sure I try to be as grateful or appreciative as I possibly can while I can, because you don't know what a comment or what a, a praise or what a thank you can really do to somebody. And I exactly. found that out very, very <laughs> on the wrong side. I found, long story short, I found out, you know, very quickly what a thank you can do. And I looked at him and I, I, I said, sir, I wish I could give you a hug, but I can't. Uh, thank you for everything you've done. You have no idea what this movie. And then as I'm saying this, there's a lady that's just doing her job. You know, she's like, hey, man, you got to keep going. There's other people to pictures. And I was one of the last people online. I'm like, I, I paid $150 for this picture. It's 30 seconds. I, just let me please just finish. And I yeah. looked at him and I said, thank you for everything you've done. And I was like, I know you get this all the time, but it meant so much to me seeing you in this movie and then getting to meet you I was like, this is like one of the greatest days of my life. And I was like, this is just passing. I'll never forget this. You'll probably forget this, you know, because you meet so many people, but thank you. And as I go to turn around and leave, he said, hey, and I turned back around and I went like me, you, me. And he's like, yeah, he's like, thank you. And then he's like, have a good day. And I was like, oh, that's so neat. This is the coolest. Was that Michael J. Fox? Yes, it was Michael J. Fox, Marty McFly. Wow. Uh, so I, you know, I always enjoy hearing that because like I said, we fan out all the time, but to see celebrities fan out with other yeah. celebrities, it's always, it's like, oh, they're people too. They're just yeah. like me, but they just get to do something different. So it's, it's always fun hearing those type of stories. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, um, sure. The next one, um, uh, how... I just want to, I just wanted to pre-free, pre-free this one real quick. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Angelica and the way she was portrayed? Um, there seems to be a big difference of opinion on her. Some feel she's great and well-written character and other feel that she was too mean and a bad character. 
obviously you've been playing this character for so long and you have an affinity for this character. Do you mm -hmm. feel like she was misunderstood? Um, uh, maybe, I mean, if you, well, if you think about it um, too much, maybe, you know, you, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, do I think Angelica is misunderstood? Well, maybe in Angelica's mind, she thinks she's misunderstood that nobody really <laughs> gets her. Like I am this perfect princess diva. I'm the most beautifulest in the whole world. I mean, if people don't understand that, then maybe she doesn't have time for you. But um, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think she in her own mind maybe thinks she's misunderstood at times. Are you saying she's a precursor to the Kardashians? Did you lead way, Miss Cheryl, to the Kardashians being invented with Angelica? No, no, <laughs> no, I did not think of that. Think of that. I don't know the Kardashians at all, but um, no. <laughs> uh, so in the next one, which I think is funny, uh, but does she think the adults on the show were bad parents? Does she think that they're bad parents? Um, if they if they don't do what she wants, maybe she does she does get a little uppity and maybe I mean like in that episode I, I, this morning I was watching it. Um, Angelica breaks a leg and and oh no 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 it wasn't that one it was where um, it was the vanish where she has vanishing cream all over her and she thinks she's invisible and so her thinking that she's invisible she says. To her daddy that um remember when you when when you made me eat broccoli i threw out your business papers on the freeway and so uh, you know so she can she gets even with you even if you're her daddy she'll get she'll think of getting even if she doesn't get her way uh, that's one way to live it man tick for tat get even yeah get them yeah. before they get you type of thing um, yes. That one was uh, by JJC927 on Reddit. Um, man, this one's going to be a tough one. Chaco Flacco, I think, is his name. Uh, she's uh, he, she, I'm not sure. Uh, so I apologize, Chaco. Um, Rugrats was such a formative show for me because it captured a lot of dynamics that were either emerging or becoming acceptable to discuss as a society. As well as the first time that show synthesized the feel of the 90s from the perspective of a child. Um, it is a very deep show to me, and I saw a lot of myself in several characters. Uh, I'd love to hear whether she felt that the show was ever more than just a children's show on a powerhouse network of its time. So I guess do you feel, I guess what he's asking, or she is asking, excuse me, um, do you feel like this show was bigger than just babies having interaction and story time and playtime? Do you feel like there was something deeper there? Well, I mean, there could be if you look for it, or, or there also could be just a way as if it's just an enter it's just a form of entertainment. It's like if people are going to sit there and analyze it, yeah, I guess you can come up with those assumptions. Mm -hmm. um, I um, all I know is that it's a global, it's a billion dollar global franchise. It was yeah. it was accepted throughout the world, and so this was accepted. I, I, it must have been embraced by a lot of people who did feel that there was more to it than just sheer entertainment because there's family dynamics and and once you bring in that into play people start relating it they bring it and they relating with it on their own level and they start thinking about it and yeah i could I, I, what was the question 
I mean, I guess he was just seeing if if there if you thought the show was deeper than just kids being kids or kids learning or kids with an imagination. Do you feel like there was something deeper for you of the show? All I know is that I loved it and that it was a great to be a part of it. And it was it 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 made me feel so good and, and rewarding that it was touching people's lives on so many levels. Well, hopefully you got what you were looking for there, Chaco, because that's what she said. And that's what she, I think she encapsulated your, your, your question with her answer. Um, this one we could probably pass if you want to. Uh, okay. But. He's got, it's a two-parter here. Best fan interaction you've ever had. And it's okay to say what's on my head podcast, just saying. Uh, but no, he's on a best, best fan interaction you've ever had. And he says, subsequently, what's the worst fan reaction you've ever had? We can skip the worst if you want to. Um, no, no, that's okay. Let me just try and think. Um, back in the day when I was recording the show, I was involved with uh, a, a charity called Famous Phone Friends. And that's where little children who are sick in the hospital can can call up and talk to their favorite cartoon character. And so I got a lot of the children that were inflicted with cancer. And there was this one little girl, she was five years old, and she she wanted to talk to Angelica. So, I, you know, I would think of... I would ask her little questions, you know, like, do you like broccoli or do you like, how is your school, your friends in school? Just think of little things like that. And then she said, Angelica, let's sing together. And here this child is dying of cancer, but she wants to sing with you. And she she wanted to sing um, Dancing Queen from ABBA. I don't know if you know that group. Yeah. And so we're so she's singing dancing queen and this poor little thing. I, I mean, she was just not, she was just in the moment talking to her favorite cartoon character. And I had to keep from crying because it was so touching to me. And I have to say that was the most enlightening, inspiring, you know, I mean, this little girl had so much strength. I think that was the most pivotal emotional moment for me. And like the word, um, oh, I guess the worst moment, uh, I guess it has to, um, oh, I might start crying if I say this, but um, I, I'll try to keep it together. But there was another little boy, he, he, he had cancer and, and, I, and I called the room and the mom, she answered the phone and I said, this is Cheryl Chase, I'm Angelica on the Rugrats and your son, you know, and she says, oh yes, he's been waiting for you. And and then she goes to the little boy. Angelica is on the phone. Do you want to talk to her? And and to hear him get up, he was in pain, and I could hear him crying in pain to get up and speak to me on the to speak to Angelica on the phone. And that that was gut wrenching for me to have to try to think of all these questions for this poor little boy of how what would Angelica say to this little boy. And that was a big challenge for me. And it was very heartbreaking. I think that was the worst moment for me. I, first off, and like I said, I, I say this all the time. Thank you for sharing that because there's a lot of people in this industry that are extremely guarded. Um, and it's, it's been very easy to talk to you. And I appreciate that because it always makes oh, my you. job easier when I can sit here. Cause I, I don't like asking you guys the same, same shit you guys get asked. What's it like to play Angelica? 
what what's your favorite yeah, one right. like obviously yeah. some of that stuff comes up but it's boring right it's it's <laughs> not fun because you can go on youtube and look up those answers right, right. when i have people on here this is the type of stuff i want to hear you know I told you we wouldn't talk about religion because I'm not a religious guy. But however, I use this term very, very sparingly because it does offend some people. But you're doing the Lord's work when you do stuff like this, because there is stuff out there that you can put negative energy out there and you can put positive energy out there. And I want to think that that little girl and that little boy, when they heard your voice as Angelica, there is something about laughter. There is something about being able to take your mind off of the worst thing in the world, giving, not even giving cancer, and I'm sorry for getting worked up, but but having a, a, a damn child with cancer yeah, or anything is one of, it is so, I can't imagine what that parent was going through. Oh, I know. And I know. for you to take a little bit of time out of your day to talk to this little girl that was, I hope she's alive and I hope, I hope she's alive. I hope so too. I do. It is, I, like I said, I just can't imagine. I'm just going <laughs> to thank you for, like I said, thank you for sharing that story. And thank you. Oh, you. Like I said, you gave that little boy and that little girl light. You gave that little boy and that little girl something to fight for. Yeah, yeah. There's so many people that wouldn't have done that. There's so many people out there, you know, not my problem, not my kid. And there's just, it, I don't know what it is. It's something, I, I mean, maybe it's about being a parent, but there's something about a kid and especially your kid being in pain. I and know. You can do anything and everything, but you can't take that away. You can't help them. And what you did, you gave them fucking solace. You gave them a moment where they could be like, I matter. I don't have to worry about this pain. And like I said, you could have said no, but you said yes. And thank you for that. Um, thank you. Yeah, it was it was a pleasure. Where it Because I wanted to give back. Yeah. I, I was blessed so much with the Rograts. I wanted to, you know, give back. And, and it was a pleasure. I mean, it was an honor to be able to do that with the children. I really wish there were more people in the world like you, Ms. Cheryl. That, that is oh. a beautiful story. And I'm so glad you shared it. Um, well, thank you. We got a couple more here and then we'll wrap it up. Um, hipster Danny Phantom wants to know, do you love cookies? Oh, I love cookies. Yes, I do. I, I love, do. I, I, can it, you mean, does Angelica love cookies or does, do I love cookies? I think, I think yes. if, if you don't love cookies, whether you're a fictitious character or a real person, you're a monster. Um, yeah, or, or, di or diabetic. So yeah, that's one of the criterion for being voicing Angelica is you gotta like cookies and you gotta hate broccoli. Those are the two criterion. I'm so glad I wasn't Angelica because I love both of those things. But what's your favorite cookie while we're on the cookie subject? Oh, chocolate chip. I love chocolate chip and I love pecan uh, pecan cookies. Yeah, my mom, especially during Christmas time, she makes the greatest chocolate chip cookies, but she uses, I can't find them very often. And usually when I want them during this, uh, during the non Christmas months, I have mm -hmm. to get like a bag of Andy's mints and I break them up. But during Christmas time, they have Andy's mints, but they're shaped like little chocolate chip cookies or they're broken. Oh, wow. So she makes the, I, I love Christmas time specifically for those cookies. Um, oh, man. It's really good. It um, sounds really yummy. I've never heard of those little, those little Andy's mints as a little chocolate. Yeah. I've never I, heard of that. 
yeah, they break them up in like little pieces and they sell them as like Andy's mints pieces or something like that. They're fantastic, but you can only really find them around Christmas time. Mm, um, yummy, yum, yum. I don't know where here, uh, this one's per kitty meow from Reddit. Um, what happened to Cynthia? I don't really know what he or she is asking there. Maybe you might, but what happened to Cynthia? Uh, I don't know what happened to Cynthia. All I know is that she's a really big, important player in the reboot. So she's Cynthia. There's nothing happened to Cynthia. She's she's a fan favorite, actually. Um, I remember when uh, one of the kids choice awards on the red carpet, um, the guy, the, um, oh, see, now, I don't know why I'm I'm going blank on all these names, but he's a famous musician. He was with Aerosmith. Who uh, is Steve Tyler? Steve Tyler. Yes. They asked him, who's his who's your favorite Rugrat? And he said, Cynthia. So she must be making an impact if Steven Tyler likes her. So, so no, nothing's happened to Cynthia. Well, her kitty meow, just wait for the reboot and you'll, you'll, you'll see Cynthia. She'll be back. Yeah. Um, uh, no, we've already asked that one. Oh, this one's a fun one from, from Wall Staples on Reddit. Some of these names are interesting. <laughs> I bet. You know, uh, but. What does she think Angelica would grow up to be like as an adult? What do you think kind of, what kind of person would she be as an adult? And what kind of job do you think Angelica is fit for? Well, I think she would kind of model her mother's behavior and she would probably be a corporate executive, maybe in the ad, in the advertising business, because I think she has a little creative side to her because she's a, she can think on her feet and she's, she's, I, I think she could, be uh I, I see her being having a corner office on madison avenue and and um you know having a lot of people under her that she could boss around yeah i i see her in the corporate world yeah uh, that's i i think that would be perfect i was i figured like when i thought about it I'm like oh man just just a lawyer attorney she'd be like yeah, yeah some of that yep yeah she'd just be she would destroy everybody she would just be she, she would be like we're quit tampering with the witnesses. You're scaring them. And you're like, ah, I'm sorry. You know, but she wouldn't say sorry. Um, that's, that's always the thought of them. Yeah. She would definitely be a, an, an attorney. Um, in fact, in uh, one of the, the episodes, it was pickles versus pickles. She, <laughs> she um, sued her parents for some, I don't know what, but I know she sued, she sued her parents and she took her parents to court. So I think a, a, a legal career might be in her future too. Oh, see that I wouldn't say she's a used car salesman because if anybody was that, it would be Stu. Oh, um, yeah, right. But <laughs> nonetheless, man, that's that's all the questions. There was some more out there, but I'm just not going to ask them because they were rude. Um, oh, okay. But I got to say, I had a lot of fun with this. We had some laughs. I tried really, really hard not to get all emotional and teary eyed, but. You know, it happens every once in a while. Uh, you shared some uh, fantastic stories. I really appreciate you. Essentially what I'm getting at, Ms. Cheryl, is I really appreciate you taking the time for me today. Because you could have said, no, I don't want to talk to this guy. Nobody knows who this guy is. But you said yes, and I really, really enjoy it. Um, oh, yeah. No, I enjoyed it, Julian. I really did. Um, it was, yeah, um, I, this was my second podcast since the reboot. So um, I really enjoyed you having me on and talking and and you were amazing. You were Thank wonderful. You. Thank you. Yeah. I it. I've only been doing it for about six months, so I'm still really- Oh, cool. man, you I'm seem really like you're a seasoned professional. You're no, very I just, good. I just like to, oh, I dropped my pen. I just like to talk and I like to, I like to tell stories. I mean, I, 
I never thought, you know, I would always come home and my kid would just a mile a minute. I, I couldn't get a, you know, a word in. Yeah. And then I look at him and I'm like, dude, Hayden, in the last 30 seconds, you've said literally more than I will say an entire day. <laughs> thinking, I'm like, wow, talking is fun. Like talking to people and then getting to experience people's thoughts and their, the way they think and seeing how you think is different than how I think and how I think is different than he will think and she will think. So it's always fun talking to people, especially when they like to talk, right? So it's easy. Oh, you guys make it easy. Um, this well, you show, were a very good host. Thank I have you. To I, re you. I, re I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Like I said, man, this this show was real big for me when I was a kid, mainly because I had to sneak around to watch it. It's still only the only movie that I have. I, it's somewhere either in my attic or it's in storage somewhere. The only VHS, and I hope that this is the true statement, only VHS that I've ever had this in orange. Hopefully, yeah, it'll, right, it'll, orange. It'll they were orange. Yes. So, uh, you know, like I said, man, it's been fun. I can't wait to get, I guess I can't wait to get this book and start reading it to my newborn son here. In oh. a couple minutes. Oh, one thanks. more time. Can we show that cover and that beautiful sure. artwork one more time? Sure. There you go. That's Kula Tallulah. Beautiful. <laughs> go out and buy it and buy it from Cheryl Chase Books. You can get it on Amazon as well, but really, really make sure you're kicking the money towards Miss Cheryl because she did an outstanding job. Um, oh, like I said, thank, thank you, you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I wish you nothing but success. I can't wait for the reboot to come out. Um, oh. And hopefully yeah, down the road. That's coming this spring. It's coming this spring sometime. The oh, reboot. beautiful. Have, have they put a date on it yet? Or is it they still? Not yet. We don't know the exact date, but it is in the spring. Okay, beautiful. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for it to start popping up and populating like, oh, it's in your queue now. I can't wait for it. Um, like I said, thank you again, man. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see what's going to come next. Um, I really, really hope we get to see, you know, that preschool days. Maybe it'll come back. Who knows? Maybe it will. We hope uh, so. Yeah. And I always like to leave just this last couple of seconds. Is there anything that you didn't say that you would really like to say to the fans? You know, you, you've been in the spotlight for so long and, you know, maybe we don't know too, too much about you. Hopefully this gives people a better understanding of where Miss Cheryl's coming from. But is there anything you'd like to say to the fans? Well, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for watching and, and loving the show. It, it it really gives me so much heartfelt um, gratitude. And it's you, you make my life a joy to be able to know that I can give you joy. So uh, I, just a big heartfelt thank you for accepting and loving the Rugrats because you know, I mean, the reboot is amazing and it, you're going to you're going to love it. That's all I can say. You, you, you won't be disappointed. I've, I've been saying it since I saw the thing. You wait till you see it. You're not going to be disappointed, man. If they have a tenth of the heart that they had in that first run, you're going to be. And thank you. Right. Yeah. So, too. like I said, thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. She's been Cheryl. I've been Julian. This is the What's in My Head podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys down the road. Thanks again for checking out the What's in My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.